Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. I appreciate uh, your listening in or watching whatever you're choosing to do, to do today. I have my uh, Yeti mug today. It's my Faith Baptist Church Yeti mug, but it also is uh, has my name on there in Hebrew. Can you see that at home? My Hebrew pat says Pastor Skelly in Hebrew. At least that's what they tell me it says. And I love those Yeti mugs. They they keep coffee uh, hot for like nine weeks. It's they're just good. Not that it takes me that long to drink a cup of coffee. I, I honestly don't struggle with drinking coffee quickly, no matter how hot it is. But uh, we're in Revelation chapter 16 today. Uh, we've been talking about these bowls, the, the bowl judgments or the vial judgments, V-I-A-L. Uh, we uh, talked about the first bowl a judgment as being a horrible source uh, that people who have received the mark of the beast will have upon their bodies. And the pain, no doubt that that causes, is intense. And then we talked about the, the poisoning of the uh, ocean waters, the seas, the marine life, uh, and then the, the fresh water supply, uh, brooks and streams and fountains, and how, um, how disruptive that would be. And how the angel actually commentates on that to say God is righteous in this. Uh, God in his eternal purposes has every right to do this. And uh, you deserve this. So we've just gotten done with that section, uh, verse number six. And there's one other part to this third bowl, and that's found in verse number seven. So Revelation chapter 16 and verse number seven, uh, where the Bible says, and I heard another out of the altar, say. So John still in heaven, but having a vantage point of these judgments upon earth. Here's a voice from the altar say, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. So a lot of conjecture about, well, who would this voice be? and who would be echoing the sentiments of the third angel who said that God was righteous in these judgments. It very may well be a representative of the tribulation saint martyrs. Remember, it, it was they who were at the, at the foot of the altar crying for God to bring vengeance. It was the, they who prayed that God would vindicate their martyrdom. And now uh, there's a voice from the altar saying, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. Uh, so I think sometimes to look at the judgments of God, we have to look at them through the lens of those who have been the recipients of the evil that is now being judged. And I think that's the point that we can derive from verse number seven. But let's hasten on. We are talking about these bowl judgments and we're in verse number eight. So Revelation chapter 16 and verse number eight, uh, where the Bible says, and the fourth angel. 
So number four now, poured out his vial upon the sun and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which had power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. So uh, the fourth plague, the fourth judgment, the fourth bowl deals with uh, the, the sun. And the angel is given, granted, permitted would be the word uh, used here to, uh, to pour upon the sun or to allow the sun to in some way do damage to the people on earth. So what is the actual way by which mechanism by which that happens? You know, we're left to guess. Uh, could it be that this would be a series of sun flares, uh, that the sun flares and, and that radiation and that heat uh, affects the earth so adversely and scorches people? Could it be that uh, this is the, the affecting of the ozone layer? And now that the ozone layer around our earth that protects us from the sun's uh, harmful rays uh, has now been effectively removed or compromised in such a way that uh, people are getting severe sunburn, being scorched. Uh, the heat of the earth is now intensifying. Now think about not only how horrific that would be, but think about that in terms of the other plagues that have already now taken place, like the, the sores or the total decimation of the marine life or the compromising of the fresh water supply. And now to add to a lack of water, a grave shortage of water, we've got intense heat. And to add to the sores upon one's body, now we have intense sunburn and scorching. And this has to be just horrific uh, to think of, of the kind of pain and the kind of situation that such a plague is going to bring to planet Earth. You would think that by this point in the judgment of God that people would see, hey, we're fighting a losing battle here. Uh, people would see that... Uh, Antichrist and the devil behind him and uh, the one, the evil one to whom we've pledged our loyalty is not helping us, is powerless. And we are seeing the judgment of God himself and we need to repent and we need to turn to him. But so hardened are they, uh, so uh, rebellious are they that none of this is causing them to repent. Look, look at what it says in verse number uh, verse number nine, again, the men were scorched with great heat and they blasphemed the name of God. To blaspheme means to do damage to, to uh, abuse uh, the reputation, name of God. Uh, they're saying the most evil things. They're saying the most derogatory things. Uh, they're saying the most blasphemous, blasphemous things against God. So the Bible says, they blaspheme the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And not too smart to blaspheme the one person that could do something about it. Not too smart to abuse the name of the one who has every righteous prerogative to do what he's doing. 
And yet the Bible says that the judgments are not getting their attention in some repentive way, but the judgments are simply exacerbating their already rebellious heart. Verse number nine again, and they repented not to give him glory. So ensconced are they in their sin that they would rather deal with the pain of God's judgment than the humility of giving God glory. The last thing they want to do, and they'll suffer for it. They'll have pain for it, but they're not going to admit that they're wrong. They're not going to admit that God is right. They're not going to give God the glory in the situation, and therefore they'll continue to receive the judgment of God upon them. What a very sad and hardened state they're in right here. They're beyond repentance, aren't they? Look at verse number 10 of our text. And the fifth angel, the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast and his kingdom was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues for pain and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. So this is very interesting because for the first four of these bowls of judgment, we've seen the entire earth affected in some way. But now in, in judgment number five, we see a localized judgment, like a strategic strike on the part of, excuse me, of the angel. And it said in verse number number 10, that this fifth angel poured out his, his bowl, his vial, upon the seat of the beast. So the beast here would refer to Antichrist, and the, his seat would mean the, the seat of his authority, of the place where he is ruling. So where will be the capital of the world at this point? What, what will be the capital of Antichrist's kingdom? Now, that's left to conjecture. We don't know if he's European, if he is around the Mediterranean Sea, uh, a Gentile, uh, all of which I believe, could it be one of the world capitals in that area? Could it be Athens? Could it be, uh, could it be Rome? Could it be, uh, we don't know. The point is that the, the fifth angel, though, is going to pour out his wrath upon the seat of the beast, and that wrath is going to show up in the form of intense darkness. So do you see a little bit of a parallel in some of which we've talked about uh, that refers back to the plagues of Egypt? Uh, they saw boils, they saw darkness, they saw water to blood, they saw some of this. And now again, we're seeing this as the Egypt of the end times, the Antichrist, the Pharaoh of the end times, the unrepentant one of the end times is being challenged. And this darkness comes. Now, uh, you might say, well, you know, darkness next to these other plagues, it's not so bad. But think about darkness with these other plagues. And now people that are scorched and burnt and with massive sores and without water or limited supply of water, uh, without uh, a food supply, with, with, with rioting in the streets and all of what's going on in an ancillary way to these plagues, you can only imagine how darkness would exacerbate all of it 
Because now I can't go out and get medication. Now I can't go out and get food. Now I can't go out and defend myself. Uh, I'm in utter darkness. The fear that must be pervasive at this time. Just the the utter sense of helplessness, that darkness. Perhaps this is the the taking down of the electrical grid. Uh, Perhaps this is a time when even uh, natural darkness coupled with the darkness of the the breakdown of the grid uh, is causing uh, incredible unrest. Uh, Again, I don't know all of the mechanism by which this will happen, but the Bible says it will happen. Look at verse number nine again, uh, verse number 10 again, that his kingdom was full of darkness. They gnawed their tongues for pain. Uh, There was no way for them to get help now. Uh, They just had to deal with these sores, they had to deal with these burns, they had to deal with all of the pain that had been brought on by these other plagues, and all they could do is just writhe in pain. The Bible talks about gnawing their tongues. Maybe you've ever been to a place in your life where the pain was so bad in one place on your body that you pinched another another place of your body. Maybe the pain is so bad here that they're biting their tongue just to kind of take the pain away from that localized place on their body to try to have some relief in one place for one moment. How sad that must be. Verse number 11, their response to this darkness their response to the fact that that God has now uh, targeted the very epicenter of Satan's power on earth. Well, the Bible says in verse number 11 that they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. So in spite of increased amplified uh, plagues and bowls of judgment and sore and pain and darkness and all of it, they still are as stubborn, rebellious, and as hard-hearted as ever. The judgment is not changing them as much as the judgment is revealing what they already are beyond hope, beyond repentance, what a sad group they are. Well, let's uh, learn from it. Let's be people that are sensitive to the chastisements of God as his children. Let's be people that see the righteousness of God, realize that when it comes down to our sin and God's judgment, we're not going to win. No, uh, the best case scenario always is for us to see God for who he is, to see our sin for what it is, to be quick to repent and to solicit the very mercy and grace of God while there's time, while there's time. Well, I hope that helps today. We're going to jump into verse number 12 uh, next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.